This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walk out of here, give the paddle back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. F***. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the Footscray Football Club, Petriatry Limited, trading as Western Bulldogs. My name is Danny McGinley, and with me, the other half of the show, the co-hostess with the mostest, Tom Boyd. Great to be back again, and uh, I guess one of my true, true great friends, um, one of the guys who sat, funnily enough, on the other side of the locker bay to our previous guest, Toby McLean. Hey, that's true. So we, 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 we've had both my locker buddies now, so without further ado, Fletcher Roberts is in the building with hey, us today. Bull God, Fletcher Roberts. Thanks, Very, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's well, it's great to be here back in your your part of the world. Again, we're not giving out addresses, Danny. So no. can, can we say it's within five kilometres of Whitnoval? Yeah. There you go. Five, so yes. if people are going to stalk you, <laughs> I'm just going to get, let them do concentric circles out from the kennel. Like we do, are booking our guests in concentric circles out from your uh, locker. Yeah, well, I mean, true true to the Western Bulldog spirit, all of our guests thus far have been in the West, except, I mean, except for Will, obviously, but he lives in Sydney, so we'll forgive him. He lives here at Byron Bay. Byron now, mm. yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah, so is... is did you move, did you grow up around here, Fletch? No, I grew up uh, southeast in Murrumbina, just near Chadston, um, and lived there for the first couple of years while playing footy, but then moved out west into a share house with... Uh, Josh Pruden, Caleb Daniel, Lynn Jong sort of lived with a few of those boys across the, the journey. That would have been uh, a fun Mabernos. house. Yeah, a lot Danny of Pierce Was a Daniel Pierce with you for a bit? Pierce, I replaced him in the house. Oh, so he okay, moved right. out and then I moved in. So It was a bit of a it was a bit of a halfway house for Bulldogs people for a while there. I won't give out the exact address, but I remember it so explicitly because I used to go over there quite a bit when I what? first got to the club. Is there anyone just still there? Just for a cup of tea. It just, Tom would come over for a cup of tea. <laughs> He's mad <laughs> for tea, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, a couple yeah, of cups yeah, of tea. Couple of tea oh, late God. into the night. <laughs> give us a well, slab of Earl Grey, please. Mainly chamomile late at night, trying to make sure that you get a good night's sleep. Um, no, but it was just around the corner from High Point, which was always convenient. Because the issue for me was, like, when I first moved out here, I was living in Ringwood, did two weeks with mum and dad. It was a hellish experience coming back from Sydney and then coming back in with your parents. Yeah. And then I came out and lived in Footscray for um, a few weeks with one of my groomsmen actually coming off the wedding. But that was on Victoria Parade or Victoria Avenue with the one that runs straight through the middle of Footscray off Barclay. Okay, yeah. And that was, I was listening to burnouts all night. So, like, <laughs> so, so I couldn't sleep there. And then obviously I moved to Albert Park. So trying to like get in with all of the guys who lived out this this way was always a bit of a logistical challenge. But yeah. Fletch was always very accommodating, which was nice. Mm. And the, the awkward thing about uh, being blokes of your size, if you, you've, you know, you'd had a couple too many chamomiles and you're going to crash <laughs> on the couch, you need it. So it's like... It's a big couch. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, I Huge. suppose by the time we got in the league, I mean, when you first started, Uber probably wasn't a big thing, but by the time I got into the league, it was pretty much like, because Fletch is a couple of years older than me. What are you, 93? Yeah. 93, yeah. yeah. 93 years old. You look yeah. amazing. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> He's always looked older than he uh, than he actually was, <laughs> so for a long time. But um, so well, that, that's something. That's, you got Scottish-Irish heritage? Yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah. We're, yeah. yeah, we're not supposed to have lived this long. That's why we look about 80 years older than we meant to. Not like, not like Scandinavia over here. What do you mean? I'm sure the the, uh, the average death age was pretty young back when we were Vikings and trying to kill each other. Well, all the yeah, time. yeah, but but you've moved on to living quite long, whereas the uh, the mortality rate in Scotland is still the same as the third world. Wow, Jesus! What the, the hills of the Highlands in Scotland can't be that bad of a place to grow up, surely? Oh no, yeah, the hills are fine, but when you live in Glasgow and you're going to get stabbed <laughs> for wearing a green shirt, and also you know when the national dish is a deep fried Mars bar and a cigarette. Yeah, wow, that's a good point. Okay, that's a good. Point. I've spent a li- I haven't spent 
spend any time in Scotland, but I've been to Ireland. But I suppose we probably should ask, Fletch, what are you doing now? I mean, you've been out of the game the same amount of time as me. When did you finish up? End of 2019. Yeah, so you, you lasted six more months than I did. I got out of there in May. But um, what, what's happened since? You're obviously still playing a bit of footy. You're obviously doing some work. What, what's, what's life look like for Fletcher Roberts these days? Uh, yeah, so at the end of 2019, decided to uh, have a run around for Essendon in the VFL. Oh. Um, and unfortunately, due to COVID and that sort of stuff, that season didn't go ahead. So I came back from a shoulder reconstruction, did all the rehab, very professional of me. <laughs> yeah, I remember then, talking uh, about And then the season <laughs> got cancelled. Um, so that was a bit annoying, but um, did, across Do you get JobKeeper uh, nah, when you're a VFL did, player? We didn't, no, nah, <sighs> unfortunately. It was actually nah. really bad, and, and the, mm. you, you obviously should explain this to people, because you actually had one of the better like preparations for moving off into the game. You invested mm. a lot of time in study. You invested a lot of time building relationships and fully um, commendable by you. And then moved to Essendon, I believe, doing a welfare part-time job role as well as playing. Is that, is that correct? A welfare yeah. – so hang on, a welfare job at Essendon. Is that just ringing up members and apologising? <laughs> <laughs> uh, more with the players. Yeah. <laughs> Not much fan engagement. Probably it's probably – what are they if saying? They don't call it welfare. They probably call it player development. Player also. development yeah. is, the, is the phrase. Uh, yeah, so I teed up a sort of part-time player development, player welfare space role with a little bit of the AFL but more so the VFL in, in Essendon. Um, at Essendon while learning off their psychologist there. Um, Because you studied psychology. Yeah, I studied psychology. How far are you a master? Um, Halfway there, no, nowhere near a master. Well, Um, you got your bachelor. Did the bachelor, yeah. Did the bachelor while playing footy across seven years. Um, Standard. Yeah, which wasn't too bad. That's quick. Honestly, it's quick. (laughs) Yeah, looking back, I thought it took me forever, but compared to a few other guys that I know, it's It's hard to uh, sit for an exam when you can cast. Well, I remember having conversations. And in the off season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And that was always the worst bit. Because you're trying to travel and exams are off off in October. Because I remember talking to Easton Wood about this. He had the impending doom of the subject that he started with expiring. Which happens he was, every 10 years, I, I think. think I think it's yeah. 10 years, yes, because he was doing his sports science degree and I think he got halfway through it. He's like, I don't want to be a sports scientist. Oh, no. <laughs> he's like, I've got to finish it. Oh, I thought you meant the subject was out of date. Like he, he does. Was, he was studying phrenology. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, some strange like thing that's not considered science anymore. No, every subject obviously updates, and I think it's far more regular now. Like in the mm. teaching sphere, it goes very quickly, but in sports science, it's 10 years because obviously half of it they're still trying to figure out. But it's a pretty scary thing to have to do. But yeah. you've obviously pivoted now from psychology yep yep so i'll i'll just add a comment there um psychology changes subjects every seven years oh, which wow. i didn't find out <laughs> which i didn't find out until last year so, so i had to sort of up my load in the last year to make sure i got it done his first uh, subject was test if they're a witch <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you imagine so. the amount of subjects that would have changed in that um that course of study over the years i imagine it would be pretty dramatic mm. but then you're lucky enough to go into a, a very very yeah, intense course of study with some really, really smart people. Some uh, ripper humans. Uh, so <laughs> while I was playing footy as well, I did a bachelor, uh, sorry, a diploma, an advanced diploma through of the management edge of business. Yep. Um, and is that what you two did together? Is this yeah. what you're saying, Boydie? Yeah. Ah, he actually co- he copied me. I didn't do any of like the real study, the real study, like the psychology stuff. I was like, too hard. I'll just do the advanced diploma and the diploma. And then I cycled into the actual um, third year, which is to get your bachelor in business. Mm-hmm. And Fletch joined me at a later date, which is nice. Yep. I joined a few of the boys, Tom, Zane, Jacko. Who else we got there? Well, do we count Jacko or do we oh. just say he was a participant in the class that didn't offer? This, is this Redpath or McRae? Uh, McRae. No, okay. com- yeah. no comment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, but w- anyway, the three of them jumped on my back when I joined the class <laughs> and uh, yeah, I carried them through the group assignments, that's for sure. So this is at Vic Uni. Yeah. Yep. So is yep. this, are there like, you know, some uh, little, you know, business nerds, proper students who just are there studying and suddenly you behemoths walk in? Would have been very intimidating for the other students. Yes. Luckily, a lot of my subjects have been on Zoom. Yeah. Same. So none of the smaller students have to see Big Tom next to him in the class. <laughs> I see a big figure in, on the Zoom camera. I did them in person. And I often tell this story of actually. When I was ready to retire, I was sitting in the VU car park up at the top there on, um, what is it, Ballarat Road or whatever. And I'm like sitting in there and I was like, I knew this class was going to suck, but I was more excited to be there than I had been at footy for a long time. Oh, wow. And that's literally where I was like, I was late to class. I picked up the phone. I called Lisa and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Lisa. Lisa Stevens, the psych. And I was yeah. like, 
I'm I'm ready to stop. Like I'm done with this. And that was like the actual like penny drop moment for me. And then I walked into class and I was with Satya and Jacko and I, I didn't obviously didn't tell them then, but the classes weren't exactly exciting. So, so what, what was the name of that subject? That one would have been like management and innovation or entrepreneurship or like all the things you can't really teach. <laughs> <laughs> you should just make it up on the go. We, we did one together, uh, sustainable operations or something. This subject, this, this poor man would have spoken to 35 blank cameras for three hours, three times a week for a month. Oh. It would, have, it would have been horrible grim. for him, the poor guy. <laughs> Very grim. That was through COVID, though. That was the whole uh, transition into online learning, unfortunately. Mm. So That was around the start of it, transitioning into online. And yep. luckily he had, he had uh, Big Tom and probably myself that chimed in here and there every so often and said something. So at least <laughs> yeah. someone was saying something. We, we were trying. I mean, <laughs> even if we didn't know what the question was. And like, we'd, always, oh, yeah. we'd always be texting him. We'd always be texting each other going, gee, someone's got to help this bloke out. <laughs> So that was always a good good highlight because Jacko didn't turn up or if he did, he like turned on his computer and then just like muted himself, muted his camera or turned his camera off and then just like went off to play video games. Oh man. Which was great. So at least you can mute it. You know, like, you know back in Mida, you used to have to take a photo of yourself and hang that over the yeah, webcam. Yeah. yeah, there's been some really inventive ways that people have done it. They've had like pre-recorded cameras like set up where they've had like them like kind of just moving a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and, like, yeah. So the camera's always on, but you, you're never virtual, actually there. Virtual background. So, so you get... Oh, stitched up not that I know that you, I heard, heard from a mate <laughs> yeah of course you, you got stitched up obviously with COVID in particular like you set yourself up for the best form of transition I probably have ever seen from playing AFL to VFL Thank did you. all this extra work turn up at Essendon VFL have set yourself up to be in both in the professional and the football space set where you want to be and then the rug gets completely pulled out from you mm-hmm. so what happens next what happens in the next month it's just panic stations no idea what's going to happen um Oh, yeah, there was a little bit of uncertainty there. I was, while doing that stuff with Essen, I was also working part-time with Ladder, the AFL Players Charity, where I'm now working full-time. Um, okay. So I still sort of had that a couple of days a week. But that couch over your left shoulder, Tom, <laughs> saw me for a long yeah. period of time. Um, yeah. Good couple of months. So I spent a lot of time on there, yeah. Uh, playing PlayStation very poorly or watching some Netflix. Yep. But, um, yeah, I think some of the work that I was doing with Ladder was able to go into more full-time because um, we we're getting some good reach and engagement in the online space, which was a real positive sort of with the, all the negative going on in the world that we yep. were able to reach a lot of the young people we work with. Yeah, and it's very commendable. So give us a bit more background on Ladder because obviously not all our listeners will be across it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know Ladder. Yeah, um, so give us a bit of context what what you guys do, what you do specifically. I know you've changed roles slightly over the last 12 months and, yep. and give us a bit of background on that. Yep, will do. Uh, so Ladder works with young people aged 16 to 24 um, who are sort of struggling in different areas of life. Uh, we help them and run sessions with them around health and wellbeing, community connection, uh, independent living skills, um, and also education, training, and employment. Do they have to be young footballers or is it open to anyone? Open to anyone. Oh, great. So we, we essentially partner um, with a lot of different organisations, Salvation Army, for example, um, and work with a lot of the young people there doing some work with as well um, to educate them and give them the skills to you know, succeed in life. And, and so I can't remember exactly how this set up, but each club obviously has a, an allocation of match payments that we donate to charity every year. So oh, really? Players forego, I think it's 50 bucks of every match payment or something like that. Uh, 25, yeah. 25 bucks and then we get – it's about five <laughs> They grand. made you do 50, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say. I was getting paid oh, match payments. So, yeah, so 25 of the 50 – Yes. Goes towards ladder, the okay, AFL right. players' official charity, and then the other 12, 25 goes towards Man, the charity Lamps. of choice. Yeah, charity. Okay, of okay choice. so yeah. we do donate fifty. <laughs> so we donate fifty bucks a game for every player who plays a senior match. Yep. So every game that's twenty two players at fifty bucks, and then by the end of the year, five grand goes to ladder, five grand goes to whatever charity of choice. And I think we donated ten to ch- to ladder yeah, a couple a of couple times of years, because. Yeah. Yourself and Jordan Roughhead in particular. Who, yep. Was there anyone else who was really uh, heavily involved? Yeah, Tom Libertore as well. Tom Libertore has been yeah. in there for a long time. I know Mitch Wallace did a Mitch bit of work done, with them yeah. as well. So the Bulldogs had a really like strong um, connection with Ladder, which has always been a, a nice part. And then 
they've also done a good job, I think, of taking on ex-footballers at times into new roles to help them obviously push their program forward. Which oh, is like an exit program. Out yeah, of I mean, footy. Yeah, in a way, yeah, give them some sort of work experience as well. And if they go really well in the role, then potential. Because I've heard that is really hard. That's one of the hardest. It's almost like uh, guys getting out of prison. You've got to rehabilitate yourself to everyday life where you're not in a fishbowl and you don't have to. A lot of them get quite overweight because they suddenly don't have to train every day and they've they've never and they're still done eating it. the same. Yeah. They're still eating the yeah. same and they've never done exercise for any other reason other than professionally. Mm. So yeah, that, well that's that's great that you guys do that. Yeah, yeah, it's good work. Um, really enjoy it. And so my role is a program coordinator. So I for the step up online world, um, which is also coming back more face to face now. Yeah, um, yeah, which is a program that was originally designed for Victoria. And same age group, um, same sort of areas for key outcomes. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was predominantly online, but yeah, now we're shifting back now that we can see people in sort of face to face. Yep. And um, it, which is probably just more, a little bit more powerful. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, I mean, like obviously with the work that I do, it's it's difficult creating connection over the Zoom platform. We talk about uni where we just didn't pay any attention at all. Yeah. But these, like these, the relationships that, <laughs> <laughs> the, the relationships that, that the the player mentors, which is one of the roles that a lot of the AFL boys have with the latter young people, yep. is very very powerful. Mm. And I, I know you've had what three, four people over the uh, years. Two, two people over the years. Yeah, my I got officially matched up for a two year period in 2014. Yep. Um, and yeah, still unofficially mentoring the same young person. So, so if you think about that and then you take away the fact that one of the most inspiring role models in their life is obviously an AFL footballer that they can't see anymore. I mean, oh, yeah. And, and those phone, it's phone calls are one thing, Zoom's another. It's just – it's not the same, especially when you're dealing with at-risk youth, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I can mm. imagine. The only link I can do is trying to do stand-up comedy over Zoom. It was mm. a nightmare. And uh, I would just – by the end of the lockdowns, I was saying, yeah, sure, I'll do it, but I'm pre-recording it. Yep. And yeah. so I don't have to interact with people going – the comedian's on. Yeah, it's, it's all. It's not great. It's yeah. All, so uh, yeah, no, I understand. Face to face is absolutely. Yeah, what you need it's to a hellish do. thing. And, and to touch on your like prison analogy before, when you transition out of the game, I suppose the only difference between transitioning out of prison, besides the fact you're not coming off of a violent crime or whatever, <laughs> is you actually you don't have a parole officer of sorts to keep you like in check in terms of yep. what are you doing with your life? Have you got a job? Have you done this or that? Like a lot of it is left to your own devices. Did you find that difficult coming out of the game? Because I know me and you sort of both dove into things really quickly and like purposefully because neither of us probably wanted any idle time yeah. but um is that something that you sort of purposely thought about coming out of the game uh yeah definitely um you do get a little bit of support around sort of your area of development and that sort of stuff from the aflpa i think bobby quiney was allocated to the western bulldogs and he's a great guy yep. and also brent prismal the player welfare and development manager at the bulldogs but yeah as you said a lot of it is your own exploration Yep. And um, I think you find out a lot about yourself in that first period, um, little period, six months, 12 months, whatever, post-footy. Yep. Yep. Particularly when COVID hits as well. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been a struggle for a lot of guys. But I was saying to someone the other day that I probably learnt more about myself in that six, 12 months after footy finished in 2019 than I did for probably the nine or so years I was playing footy. And because all footy players, uh, their favourite movie is Shawshank. Uh, you're just watching it going, I don't want to be Brooks, I want to be Red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Get, li- get busy living. Every couple of weeks. Yeah, get it. busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's really true. And to touch on, you do get some support. I actually caught up with Bobby last week, so it hits a bit close to home. But that, that like intense support that you're used to from a footy club, it expires pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. Brent Prismore has got to manage the 45 guys at the club mm. and then he's got to manage, try and manage 10 guys going out and 10 guys coming in and it's just not possible it's just one it's just too much work so you do kind of have to land on your feet a lot of the time and that's always I always tell people that's my biggest fear for AFL players coming out of the game and so Fletcher is probably the perfect role model of someone who invested time not as a person he's he's got his got his flaws don't get me wrong but <laughs> but as in in terms of transitioning outside the game he did the work whilst he was in there like heavily invested himself in multiple different forms of study still studying now still trying to complete his um his business degree which I was a little bit ahead of so I finished at the end of last year with you so you got two subjects to go two subjects yeah and that's that's the only way forward for, for a lot of AFL players because 
it is one of the more terrifying six months periods. Even when you retired in the sense that I did, which was like, no, I'm ready. Yeah, like, you I want to stop. Mm. Suddenly, after the two weeks of being like, oh, this is great, you go, this sort of penny drops again, and you go, okay, where am I going from here? And I think that's one of the scariest times for, for AFL footballers in general. Yeah, and there, and there would be so many players who get delisted. And, of course. Uh, you know, and then they think, oh, well, I'll just find another club. No club comes forward. Or uh, they, or they think you know oh, I'll just I'll get into commentary or coaching and those job offers aren't yep. there and suddenly you're you got to fend for yourself for the first time yeah and you did you, you did look for a little bit when you finished is that right because yeah. you, you were sort of yep. sort of holding out looking to see if there was a, a, a club one that sort of fitted where you were at in your life and also whether there was a club that would take you on is that yeah yeah so I sort of was uh, under the impression and was sort of told to by the management group just you know there's still a little bit of interest around keep fit keep doing your rehab on your shoulder and this sort of stuff. Um, but I think it was important for me at that time not to completely just switch off and just think about footy the whole time. I think continuing to study and continuing yep. to think about where my path lay ahead for me was really important. Um, yep. But, yeah, as you said, Danny, it's quite hard for a lot of players that might not see it coming at yeah. times um, yep. and then get delisted and then all of a sudden – it's leading up to Christmas and it's a bloody hard time. To and did you want job. to play on? Did you want to? Yeah, I would have been happy to play on, yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you look at like, you know, so no, no club picked you up, sadly. Do you now look at teams like North Melbourne as like, yeah, you could have had a premiership defender, you dickheads? <laughs> uh, oh, they make their own decisions for whatever, whatever reasons. Um, Very diplomatic, Fletch. Yes. Um, but no, I think, uh, yeah, I just need to continue to let my form sort of speak for it in VFL. Yeah. And, and might I add, yeah. like one of the genuine best VFL footballers, not, and it's oh. not, it sometimes feels like a backhand compliment. I I was not a tenth of the VFL player that Fletch was. Like every single week, regardless of how disappointed he was, regardless of whether he was in the side, out of the side, because you did obviously come in and out of the sides yeah. at different stages. Yeah. Um, and in particular, one period of time, which we'll talk about in a sec, but yeah. always turned up. Him and like Josh Pruden's another one who was really good at it. Yep. Just no matter what, he knew that his job was to be a leader in that VFL side and that that doesn't count for nothing. At least for me in terms of thinking about someone and the character of someone like Fletch, that was really important and it spurred me on at least to sort of get over my own issues when I was playing footy in the twos particularly. Yeah, yeah I got told uh, like 20 years ago I was chatting to uh, – I worked with uh, Daniel Ward, you know, the Demons uh, player. I worked with his now wife. She was his girlfriend at the time and she. I remember her telling me that – him playing in the reserves was so much harder than playing seniors yep. because everyone in the reserves is trying to get a senior spot, so they're harder at it. They're they're a bit few more dirty tricks, and as, and there's a lot more sledging. It's, it's, it's slightly, it's slightly different. Now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. with the cameras, it's not so yeah. bad anymore. I think yeah. it's a little different now, right? I mean, like it's the the disparity of football between AFL and BFL is large, like because the grounds are bigger mm. uh, at AFL level, the speeds quicker, the skills better. So players that might be on the fringe of being the best players can still be as good or better at AFL level. I mean, particularly smaller, quicker players because there's not as much space in the BFL world, especially when you play at like Piranha Park or... or smaller, quicker. <laughs> sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Or if you're a forward, it's also more difficult down at BFL, I'd say, because conditions are genuinely, generally on average worse. And yeah. also mm-hmm. you're dealing with, you know, more flooding and like less open ground. It, it's just they, it's they're just very different types mm. of football. Which I, I I wonder actually. That's a good question to ask. What has the change been like for you? So you're playing at Port Melbourne now. Yep. It's the NEFL VFL hybrid, whatever they want to call it. It's um it's the strangest thing. Eastern that Seaboard I, Comp, I think. <laughs> I, I, think I never saw cool. this happening. I never saw it happening. This yeah. is truly one of the Neither. strangest thing to come out of COVID for me to have a look at this whole yeah. like Eastern Seaboard Cup. Preston versus Greater Western Sydney. Yeah. Mm. Not a fixture yeah. I ever expected. It's just one of the weirdest things. So what's what's that been like? Is that have you done much travelling yet or uh yep. Yep. So round one we went up to play Aspley. Yep. Um and got smoked. That's Queensland? Yep. Yeah. Aspley's yep. yep. And Ainsley's Canberra. Yep. Aspley's. Yeah, I don't think Ainsley's in the country. Ainsley's not, okay. No, right. But we used to play against them in the next um, So Aspley have, yeah, recruited quite a lot of the ex-Brisbane guys um, and a few of the teams that had folded due to this new competition in that Queensland comp, all their sort of good players have gone to Aspley. Mm. So Aspley and Southport um, – the, sa- the Southport really Bulldogs might, might as well be called now yeah, with yeah, all of our boys that have gone up there. Yeah. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Who's, who's playing for Billy Gowers, uh, Bradley Lynch, 
Lucas Webb. Lucas Webb. Oh, sweet. Uh, is that it? And I've also got a few ex Gold Coast guys okay, as well. well. Didn't yep. I hear that Billy Gowers is now like kicking backs? Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, he's a, he's a gun. Like he's, he's leading a, the goal kicking. He's a really good footballer. In the um, comp. And don't forget, he, <laughs> a lot he, of the listeners who are very unfair to him and have only seen him play at <laughs> AFL level are screaming at their, uh, well, well, don't at their forget, iPhones right now. Billy, Billy, I liked Billy. Billy played at Carlton. Yep. Got delisted. Was good enough to go to Footscray Bulldogs and play. I don't even know if we were Footscray. We would have just been Footscray. Yeah, then. just yeah. And and have a really, really, really good year, and mm. then get picked up again. That's not an easy thing to do. Like yeah, to go yeah. in and out of the league. Like most people, including myself, when you get out of the league, that's it. It's like. Drop your bundle, go back, play yeah. local footy, or whatever it Screw is. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm on with my life. So, um, yeah, it's good to see him doing well, which is great. I liked him. And he's got the name of a 1920s footballer. So, <laughs> yeah. just uh, yeah, it great time for Billy Gowers, kicking lots of goals. We hope to send him to the Empire Games. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's one of the more interesting characters you'll ever meet, old Billy. But that's, um, that's, that's such an – I sort of alluded to before – your ability to go in and out of the side. Now, one of the more interesting stories, obviously, of the 2016 final series is your, like, form line mm-hmm. because you were playing sort of towards the end of the year in the ones. Yep. When okay. did you go out of the side? Uh, first final. First final. So, so you yeah. played round 23. I played, yeah, against Frio. <laughs> in, that uh, disa- in that disaster did, over there. Did any of you play that day? I did. I actually played okay. No, uh, no, no joke. I actually played okay that day. <laughs> I think I was running somewhere near... Matthew you would have been Pavlich. on Matthew Pavlich, yeah, for a little bit of his so three hundred. His final match. It was his final match, his final and it was match. close to his four hundred. Yeah, even yeah. our banner, he, I, we put like you know, oh, good on you, Pav. Thanks, you're Pav, a, yeah, you're yeah. a worthy so opponent. So that was your fault. So that, I let him kick a couple of goals on me. <laughs> Man, I was just winning over the the Frio fans, so they jump on our bandwagon. Yeah. So you played that, that game. Very loud that it was day. a disaster. Fans, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a bit of a disaster. Um, was that the last game, or one of the last games at Subi too? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we did play at Subi again. The next week, but then that was it, right? I think that was the 20, last year. 2017, they moved to Optus. 17 or – definitely definitely by 2018, oh, maybe it was they 18, were there. Yeah, mm. maybe one more year. Yeah. Anyway, so you play that game. Yep, played that game. Uh, when when average. <laughs> when, when average, yep. Uh, As everyone did except for Boydie, apparently. Against, yeah. And most people do against Pav, might I add. Like, yeah, I know it was on yeah. his last legs, but he played. And Sandy had come back for that game. A, I let him have a couple of goals as well. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how, many did, how many did he kick, mate? Uh, three or four. Oh, that, I mean, that's nothing. He, See, kicked, he, so kicked, nine, he kicked 800 goals. Yeah. <laughs> What's three or four? This is just the good bloke Fletcher Roberts. Studied psychology. Knew it would help him out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Knew he was about to transfer out of football, so needed a bit of confidence. That's You're right. a good bloke, I'm sure Pav. Thank needed you. a transfer Thank out of football. You. He was doing pretty well. I think. <laughs> He's doing very well. So now. then we um, have what 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 happens in that ten days? Because that's the the mm. weird one of the weirder times in football that I remember. Because we played on the Saturday or something like that. Sunday it was the Sunday. Sunday? Yeah. Sunday played the Sunday yeah. last round. Yep. We have to fly back from Perth, mm-hmm. and then I think we flew the next day too. Probably if we play in the afternoon or evening. Anyway, we get yep. back late on the Sunday or the next Monday, and then you've got. Basically, till the next Thursday to work out what's going on with the team. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, no, but you had the and week off. Yeah, the next Thursday. Yeah. So oh, right, Thursday week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't so, see your hand gesture. Um, I was pretty much under the impression that I still would have played the first yep. final. Um, so I was just gearing up about playing West Coast. Yep. Um, and playing on some of their big key forwards. Yep. Um, and, and remember, had, the psychology yeah. at this stage for from definitely from the outside is. Look, we've got a great young side. Injuries have decimated us. This isn't our year. We're going to yep. get done by West Coast. Let's hope we put up an honourable loss. Mm. That was was that obviously was not the vibe from the inside. No, 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 not yeah. at all. Um, we were pretty confident. We had played some really good footy throughout the year, and I think we we're all, even though we were decimated with injury at times, um, we just kept chugging along and thinking, you know, staying really positive and thinking we can beat pretty much any team we're faced with in any destination. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe even the Frio loss was probably a good thing to kick us into motion again mm. um, and refresh before heading into that first final. And and then we got a few players back um, leading into that first final, Eastern Wood, Tom Libertore. Jack. And Jack McRae. Yep. Um, and Moz. And Moz. Oh, Mo- did Moz hurt his back in the yeah, last? Yeah, he just kept playing that machine. Yeah, yeah no, he was just yeah, – he, he yeah, broke his back. Oh, so machine. he broke it in round 23, did he? Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. I thought he might have done it the week before. No, so he didn't miss any games with a broken back. <laughs> what an absolute he's a, warrior. He's a machine. He's just Iron Man. <laughs> he's just <laughs> he actually made is. of titanium, that bloke. Yeah. He is. Um, and then, yeah, those three came in and I was pushed out due to sort of team dynamic and that sort of stuff for the first final. 
And so, we went in uh, small too, pretty like we. I mean, we're always yeah. a pretty small side. So, yep. so I suppose Eastern basically basically came in for you. Yep. Even though we we're playing against Josh Kennedy, Nick Jack, Nat, Nick Nat was not not playing then. Not playing. I don't think so. Jack Darling. Jack Darling. Yeah. And then they had Scott Lysette and also probably Nathan Barty running around the stage. They were big. Yeah. And McGovern, on a big ground. McGovern still there? McGovern was playing back though. Yeah, but like, right, so okay. in the front half of the ground, he yeah. there was three, three, three there would always be three genuine yes, like mm. six foot five forwards to contend with. Sort of like how we look now. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. A little bit like that. But we, and then we go, uh, well, we're going to play Easton Wood and Dale Morris as our key backs pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It worked. It. it worked. It did it work, good, man. Good it was such. The a ball didn't go down there too much, thankfully. Yeah. So, but so we. I mean, that would have been devastating. Mm. Devastating. Did yep. you, tra- you did you travel? So with I was us? yeah. I was traveling emergency. Yeah. Um, and then flew back and had to play the next day or two days later. Yeah. Did so. Was this the, the game? Was this the game where like you had to watch up until like the last emergency could go on and then fly back that night, or was that a different? Nah, game? nah. So I. That was um, the Hawthorne game. Okay, right, right. Um, that was in ridiculous. Not fly back, but yeah. So I had to fly back the next morning after the West Coast game, mm. um, and then. How, how, yeah, how, wait, did, did we win that West Coast game? Yes, that, yes. yes, we won. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to relive absolutely, that, that absolutely. Moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I played the VFL final, uh, final, the second next day, final, second final. Yeah. Well, hang on. Can we just um, go back? The reason we were in the finals. Is because you kicked the winner against Richmond at Punt Road. I think we've we've just, that was one of the I questions. I wish it we was got. that year. That was a couple of years. Uh, yeah, that was. Oh, that was twenty fourteen. Oh well, but anyway, twenty fourteen. You kicked the winner to get us into the final, and then we go on to win if our first. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It's still on the yeah. dogs' website. One of the greatest goals oh, ever. Oh. Yeah, but also completely wrong story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sorry. Two, uh, that right. year we finished I on top. It. I think I liked didn't it. we? Didn't we? The the VFL side finished basically. Are we in the top couple? You were second. Second. Got him in. Yeah, yep. oh, I am. Yep. So um, I'm getting confused. So you fly back. You yep. on play the, the VFL. Yeah, um, and as you spoke about earlier, uh, just that consistency at VFL level was mm. always. Who, who did you play in that that VFL game? Uh, I think it was <laughs> Essendon or yep. Collingwood VFL. Okay, um, was it? At I'm confusing the weeks here, but Port Melbourne. Yeah, Port Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I ended up playing well, um, so staying close and just keep putting my hand up. Yeah, pretty much was all I could do. Yeah, um, and then the next week. Team went in unchanged again against Hawthorne, the AFL yep. team. Yep. I was in the VFL either against Collingwood or Essendon. One of those weeks was one of them, one of the weeks the other. Can, yep. can I pause um, it there? Just as at this point, uh, you know, it's obviously devastating and frustrating because you're playing well, but the team is also playing well, so it's hard to get into the side. But you're also studying psychology. Mm. Does that make it easier or harder? Like, so are you there kind of counselling yourself using some sort of or giving uh, yourself techniques to deal with this disappointment? I think some of the learnings that I did have across uni did help me with those situations. Um, yep. uh, but I think a strength of mine was just being able to stay positive and sort of ex- wrap my head around the fact that, you know, I couldn't, I can't change anything now. All I can do is play well. Yeah, yeah. I always thought I always considered Fletch the most negative person up until about <laughs> Friday. And then he'd get his head around it and That's he'd be ready to go. That's because you were taking up all my space at the locker. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just had the proximity issues where, like, I was always around you, so like, either you were just probably frustrated with me or like. But nah. we, I'm pretty sure we, you, you did have to deal with a lot of emotion, like we all do, up mm. until the point where it's like, hang on a minute, we don't have a choice. Now we've got to play. Right. And so the Friday morning, you got captain's run, and you be with the AFL team or the BFL team or together or separated, or whatever, and you just go. Now it's game day. So, mm. is that sort of the way you dealt with it, or did I just like make that up? Because I always thought, no, that no, no, yeah, because a lot of that period I was still like very closely aligned with the AFL group because um, I was first emergency or second emergency, whatever it was, with Tommy Campbell for a lot of that period. Um, so yeah, sort of had to like train with them, not have much to do with sort of the VFL squad, which which happens in an aligned club at times. Yeah. Um, so then when game day came, when I was playing in the VFL for those first two weeks. I just sort of, yeah, invested in the boys and... Um, How did you do that? Was there any possible. tricks that you did mentally to... Like, because there would be listeners who have equivalents of this, like they're frustrated with work or a lack of uh, promotion or whatever, and then they get into the the actual day-to-day where they have to go and perform and do their job. Mm. What's a good trick you can do mentally to sort of get... Just be as, as helpful as you can in the moment. Um. I was pretty lucky. I just had uh, Rowan Smith, the backline coach, continually just say to me, like, you know, best foot forward, 
keep going. So get Rowan You're Smith close. around to your work. Yeah, get, yeah, get Rowan you. Smith into your work, in your ear, every couple of hours. Um, but no, I don't think there was any real sort of strategies I used. It was just more mindset and just staying really positive and like thinking as much as I could. Like you're, you're very close. Like that's all you need to do. Just keep ticking the boxes, keep doing the right things. So it's more just a mindset and, thing. And I think further to that, I mean, like you, you connected with the people at the VFL level. Like they, they were, and there's no need to name names. And it certainly got a lot better as I was at the Bulldogs. But there are people at AFL level who aren't interested in the VFL players. That, yeah, I can imagine this. That, that they're beneath them. And, yeah. and the Bulldogs, to their credit, had a pretty good alignment with it, mm. at least for the most part. I mean, barring one or two players, the VFL boys were greatly accepted, brought into the club as much as possible. And I think for me, at least, when I went back and played some games down there and Fletch went back, it was like, hang on a minute, these guys are here and they want to win? This yeah. is their best football that they can possibly play at this moment in time. And this is a final for them. I yeah. can't let them down. I can't sulk in, in the, the inability to get into the team that I want to get in. I have to turn up and perform because that's my job, you know. So I think connecting to the people mm. and the coaches is always helpful in that, in that sort of um, particular situation. And then... Very well said. That's good. And then, so when did you first get the inkling that you might play in the prelim? Because we obviously beat Hawthorne um, and Matty Suckling was under the weather and had been for a long time with his mm-hmm. Achilles. And yeah. I think by that, I, I don't remember exactly how he played in that game. But from memory, he was moving like a, a bus. Like he yeah. was really struggling to <laughs> yeah. run. And so you're talking about in the semi-final. In the semi, he had a yeah. terribly sore Achilles. He was yeah. admirably battling, battling on, and the ability for him to kick the ball helped. But yeah. <laughs> he was really struggling to move, and it had been for a, like he'd had a couple of years of this issue. And I think you mm-hmm. had a similar issue later. But yeah. So when did you first get the inkling that something was maybe going on? Because I think it was pretty late, wasn't it? Um, oh nah. Oh, well, yeah, from the coaching point of view, pretty late. But um, Suckers pro- probably said to me early on in the week after the semi, um, I'd played well again in the VFL. He just sort of said, uh, you know, train well this week. I'm pretty freaking sore. <laughs> um, and so I think, yeah, that was sort of Monday, Tuesday time of the week. Um, so just, yeah, kept training well. And then it was Thursday afternoon. And would Suckers um, have been saying that in a sort of way – of being like in a, in a very positive way of sort of the older player going, look, I I know my own body and I'm mm. cooked here. This is your opportunity. Or was it a sort of way of was it almost? Uh, sometimes I will point out the very negative thing that could happen as a way of trying to not jinx it. Mm. Of just saying, no, no, you train, yeah, no, no, they, they won't pick me. No way. Um, I think it was more of a yeah, like a close mate. Suckers and I had a really good relationship. I still do have a really good relationship. So I think it was more of a, you know. That's what do I want the, to believe. Do the right thing. What a good bloke. Um, yeah. You're a good chance this week. And then, yeah, so he said that Monday or Tuesday and then we kept training throughout the week and then after our main session on the Thursday, um, he, the had, he yeah, he did a few tests and then it was the last drill and they brought me from like the VFL training group oh. sort of <laughs> over into the AFL to do like the last little match play thing. Is that is that normal? Is um, like. It's all, no, all, nah, that, that's when everyone's just like, "Oh no, what's going on here? What's yeah, going on yeah, here?" Yeah. It was, it was a bit, yeah, a bit out of the ordinary. And what are you thinking? You're like, "Don't, don't just, and don't I'm presume, just like, don't just, presume it's going to happen." I'm just like, "Train well, train well, do the right <laughs> things, do the right things." So I, I was thinking nothing. There yeah, might have even been time. some negativity from the Footscray. He was like, "No, no, we we need him. We need Fletch." Wow, well, I mean, it would have been Thank just, you, just the AFL players. <laughs> Um, like just the AFL players who were playing VFL, like the VFL players wouldn't have been there at that stage. It's been a main change. Oh, okay. right, so right, right, right. It would have just been like us playing eighteen v eighteen or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, and um, and then yeah, training ended, and Bevo said, "Yeah, we're going to bring you in." Um, Suckers hasn't got up. Um, where, where where is this? I want a picture of the moment. Is this on it's the all ground? On the ground, yeah. As we're sort of walking off the oval, I think everyone sort of pushed inside. It was yeah. really just. Bevo and I out on the ground. The, the, everyone's the, staring at us. The Bevo march only means one of two things, mate. You're either in or you're out. And he walks over and he sort of just angles towards you. And, you know, and this is always happens with coaches. They're all the same. But most of the time they just sort of get this little strut on and then they walk over and they put it, if they put an arm around you, it's usually good. It can be either good or bad news. Bad. I imagine he walked up to he gave you the old figurative tap on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let yeah. you're in. Recalling it quite well. Yeah. And said, yeah, you're in. Um, obviously, GWS had some big forwards. Um, three or so tall forwards, and he's yeah. like, you know, we want you to do the role on any of them this week. Cameron you Patton, get. yeah. Um, and he said, you did it earlier on in the year. You can do it again. Um, go well. And you wow. played particularly well that prelim. Mm. I, one of the more underrated performances in the prelim. I mean, oh, Jeremy Cameron got nowhere near it. Yeah, no goals. 
And I don't think did John kick a couple, maybe? Kicked a couple late, yeah. Yeah, yeah but so, yeah. but for the most part, like and well undersized with Woody who couldn't jump really at that stage, even though he took that hanger. Yeah. The crazy like his ankle was torn to shreds. Yeah. And then, you know, the Resilience. the man machine, Moz was out there, which helped. But like you re- honestly, I was I mean, so proud and happy for you considering what you'd been through at that stage to play so well in that final. Did you feel like that you'd had a really good game or what, what were your re- um, recollections from then? Another, another thing that helped a lot of us in the back line was Rowan Smith yep. in the lead up to that game, in the warm up as well. He just pumped us all with so much confidence that we walked out there and just, you know, said, bring it on. And a funny story that probably not many people know, um, in the first or the second warm up, mm. Moz had some troubles with his Achilles. No. <laughs> Another, one of the 12 parts of his body that was <laughs> taped sore. together with, yeah. with sellotape. He's an absolute machine, that man. Um, and so he had a bit of trouble with his Achilles and had to go into the rooms and get it retaped and potentially a few other things. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't, he like pretty much came back out as like the game was starting. Oh, wow. Um, and it was 40 so, degrees. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, was hot. aside, but God, it was hot. It was hot. hot. And so we, yeah, we were a pretty young backline as well. With Moz not there, and we're like, oh, what the hell? So, yeah, but then but, East, yeah. Eastern Wood takes a specky in the first five specky, minutes, and um, yeah, Clay Smith is Bruce up and Palmer, about. Hip and shoulders me in the nose, breaks my nose. Awesome. Did you really? break your nose that day? Yeah, a little. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that at all. So, That's so much get, better. You're yeah. such a warrior. All right, do you I not, know, guys? I'm going to pitch an idea to you <laughs> right now. Um, when, the, when the season finishes, we should do a live. Live pod. Yep. We won't record it so you guys can go uh, as much off script as you want. We'll charge for tickets. <laughs> yep. And we're going to watch snippets and possibly whole games of the 2016 finals with like a director's commentary yeah. from you guys that telling us what good. really happened. Well, you just did one of those, didn't you? We Well, we were doing live commentary yeah, of the of, Anzac Day match. Of right. the Anzac Day match. How'd it go? Uh, yeah, it made great fun. Okay, great well, fun. ours will go better. So <laughs> I we confiscate phones at the door. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Put them in those sealable bags yeah. that don't open until the end of the show. So no one hears the, we're going to get the absolute truth. What do, what yeah. do you think, folks? Yeah, well, I think Sounds the Giants good. game would be the one to watch. Hell yeah. If you yeah. want, oh, if you want insight, yes, I do. That's the t- that's the t- game because right. I mean the grand final. I don't remember like um, the whole grand final was so loud. It's like all blue, you, you yeah. don't nothing like you don't notice the things. But at the GWS games, there's still only what they get we twenty or something. At the yeah, so it was all of us. Yeah, yeah. it was all of us. It was all Bulldogs. Fans. So do you remember that moment actually when we ran out? Do you specifically remember the feeling when I was just like, "What is when going when you on? saw that yeah. banner and went, oh, McGinley's nailed it." Yeah, is that it? Well, even <laughs> That's more exactly so. What I thought. <laughs> well, even more so. So they send the away side out first, second. Who goes out first? Potentially us that day. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we came out first. You would have gone out first. And we yeah. were kicking, and then all of a sudden you see the Giants run run out, and it's just booze. Yeah. The whole place. Like, oh wow. And then Leon is just freaking <laughs> out. I'm pretty sure, like. Their like upper staff actually spoke to the AFL about I it. Did, at the end yes, of the game. I remember that. They, oh, yeah, they complained saying like, "Why was there so many away tickets allocated? Like, why were the Bulldogs because they couldn't sell any so, home tickets?" And like, they probably just scalped them all. I don't know how the dog supporters got up there. Just bus, train. Oh, oh man! Oh, yeah, they got the buses from the flight. Oval. Yeah, and they all got they ten bucks from Bevo. Apparently, yeah. Steve Wallace <laughs> was um, singing the song on the PA on the on the plane trip home. Brilliant. <laughs> Supposedly, oh, it's just That's what, awesome. a, what a weekend. So, and then the. One of the more untold stories, I think, of the grand final week is because I remember this being just absolutely terrified for you because you come off this game, yep. and there was still some ambiguity about if you were going to play. There was grand so much chatter weeks. outside the ground because we all wanted Jongy to come back in because we yeah, loved right. loved that loved story and we loved Jongy and, and the whole but tape the other shoulder thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. We, that hadn't happened. <laughs> that was so cool. Oh no, that had that happened. happened. That's yeah. right. And but we were all everyone. The main question was, all right, oh, man, how good would it be if Jongy came back in? Yeah, all right. Who comes out and? Silence. Yeah, no one could nominate anyone to be mm. dropped. Yeah, but you so you yeah. were the Tell us your side. you were the mm-hmm. o- like the only person. Oh, there was a couple of people. Toby, I think Toby was probably a little nervous too, for because mm. Toby's always nervous. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I believe you, you had a bit of a tough week for memory. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. You probably think about it going back. Like I was in and out for yep. a period of time mm. throughout a lot of the year. Yeah. Um. So if they if like if suckers got up if. Johnny was right to go, then I don't know. It's a question See, mark. Yeah, it was a question mark there. Um, if, if I'd gone back in time, I would have dropped Hamling just because he left the club afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good in the ground. Yeah, yeah I, know he was. I know. I, I think know. we leave, I think we leave Joel in. <laughs> but yeah, I think like really enjoying the celebrations walking off the ground. Off it the was prelim. so emotional. Yeah. Everyone was so emotional walking off the ground. 
first prelim win in forever. Yeah. Oh, a long time. And um, someone in the change rooms as we were walking in to sing the song said, I hope you keep your spot next week and this sort of oh. stuff. And, and they like, meant that nicely. Like they meant it nicely. Yeah. Straight away, like my head wasn't in Who there. was it? Name them. No, nah, I can't remember. Name them. It was Bevo. It was <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? But like you're going from like enjoying it with the boys, about to sing the song to going, oh no. That, and that would have hit. Individually, like selfishly, like I'm like, oh no. no that's yeah. absolutely normal. That yeah. is such a human But reaction. that would you um, wouldn't have been out of shoot. I, well, I remember because mm. we were like obviously yeah. very good friends. <laughs> You, you couldn't wouldn't have shook that until you knew, like yeah, until yeah, you'd 100%. like been told <laughs> yeah. you are playing. Until you words, lifted the cup. Yeah, <laughs> those words were replaying in my head until Thursday when Bevo said I was playing. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. So it was yeah, pretty sort of stressful week. And um, you found out, according to Martin Flanagan's book, you were the last person to find out that yeah, you were in the team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think I was the last. So how did you find told. out? Tell, tell us the moment. Um, so it actually happened before the last training. Which is good. Um, which is good, yeah. Because we didn't really train us and the crowd was massive. So you, yeah, you the crowd, I do remember to be the out crowd there. was there. I was um, there for that. And uh, Bob came out and trained. And we were all like, mm. sign him up. Put sign him in. Put him in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think everyone got on the track that day, yeah. no matter what your injury was. Yeah. But which was awesome for the whole group. Um, yeah, the coaches had their meeting that morning um, and obviously made the decision to keep me in the team. And like everyone was sort of waiting on that yeah, for me. How do they announce it? Do they, is it like uh, back in the old, well, you know, junior footy where they just put the team up on a sheet and you all no. have to huddle around This it? is one of the great issues with, yeah. with senior <laughs> footy. They don't tell you. Like you don't find out. And this is why like. So when the team's announced. If you don't like, get told on the, anything. On the footy show. It is like. <laughs> nah, nothing like that. Really, really, really the most frustrating part of footy. because. But, but you are told if you dropped. Is that what you, yep. yeah. that what I'm yeah. gathering? If you're okay. told. Yeah, if you, you don't, if you don't get spoken to, you're playing. Yep. Wow. And if you're getting yeah. dropped, they usually give you a, a really average vibe <laughs> early in the week, and then they don't tell you. They just sort of say, "Oh, geez, you've got some things to work on." And then you know your individual reviews aren't great, and usually the uh, uh, the line coach is trying to like comfort you a bit, and you're like, "Why are you comforting me? Nothing bad's happened yet." <laughs> oh, but no. then you get yes. this weird yeah. feeling, and then for three days you have this horrible feeling of oh. dread, and then they go. How'd you yeah. go, mate? Oh no! And is you'll it, be down at Piranha Park this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll be so you're with me this week, and that's what like G or someone. So you're with me this week. Uh, <laughs> is that when you uh, can you like so as you're saying you know, you're walking off from training and you know Bevo's making yeah. a beeline for it. Has anyone just successfully run, avoided? Run. I've gotten away before. <laughs> yeah, and I got the I got the call <laughs> later on. Ah, yeah, no. two, two calls at a five, five p.m. on a Thursday, mate. That was a dead giveaway. Oh, here we go. Stretch it out as long as you can. I actually but. once had a call from Bevo, which wasn't that on a Thursday. It was oh, like, oh look, so stressed. someone's out, you're going to have to play more ruck. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'd been playing okay. I was like, no, it's not coming now. Thursdays are a great day. Yeah. So is there the any world. point in your AFL career where you can relax? Oh, I think some people get it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> These us. These legendary nah. unicorns. It wasn't us. No, yeah. I had eight years of stress. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, no doubt. Um, no doubt. Because I'm watching the, I've been watching the uh, Making Their Mark doco mm-hmm. on uh, on Amazon Prime. Yep. I'm not going to watch the end just because Richmond win and, you know, it's like watching <laughs> old well, Yeller. Well, you're going to watch Nick get knocked out in the cranny. Big Floss and my best mate. We're like, we're sitting there watching the game and like everyone's all like hyped for it and then we're like all family friends with him and just, Dush, gone. And we're like, oh, well, that, the that's that then, I guess. Oh, well, what's on the Actually, other no, channel? We would have been watching the game, but only chatting because that was COVID time. So we were both, like, we all separate in different houses, like talking yeah. to each other. Yeah. Uh, oh, what a weird time. Sorry, but, keep going. But time. just, um, man, that is a, everyone needs to watch that just to watch how unglamorous the life of an AFL footballer is. All the, mm. I'm watching all the team meetings and they, yeah. there's a lot of corporate speak. Oh, yeah. There's mm. a lot of just generic phrase of, what do we stand for? Let's look at our values. What can we do to bring about that or culture and, yeah. and everything? But one thing I wanted to ask about, the do- one thing, a scene that surprised me is seeing the West Coast Eagles chaplain mm. uh, revving up the players for a game. Now, Chaplin is a guy, a, a priest type priest, person yeah. who. Well, yeah, a, a sp- they're, they're not like spiritual. The, in that capacity, they're not necessarily f- like forcing religion on you, but they're like a, I don't know, a spiritual. Yeah, how, like a, a guide. A, a pastor. A guide, yeah. Look, I'll be honest. We have one. Don't know what he did. Right, you like never he, spoke to him. No, I mean I did, but More he deals was in with the young, like the first and second very, year players. Very awkward role at a football club in the modern day. But they're in the when you see the Eagles one, they're like fully praying yep. before a match. Do, do we have any players no. like that? No, no, we're all just a bunch of heathens. <laughs> There's definitely no group like like prayer or because yeah, I'm like, seeing Nick Nat and. Uh, uh, mm. 
No, uh, Oscar Isaac. Who's the blonde? Oscar Allen. Oscar Allen. That's yep. it. The one yeah. who looks like a villain yeah, from an eighties kids movie. Play that kid, yeah. <laughs> They're all yeah, heads down, prayer, and please yeah. God give us guidance and everything. Yeah, which, which is I'm fine. I'm absolutely. Yeah. You know, anyone can whatever works for it you. It really depends. I mean, like it's probably like we can probably comment more. Like every club has people that are involved from a professional standpoint who have huge like positions within the club that aren't necessarily like related to what they do for instance that chaplain might very well be so connected with the football club and the players and the staff that he's super important but it's not just because he's the chaplain if that makes sense like we've had people along the journey who are super important to us but it wasn't because they were the highest paid person at the club or that they were even operating in their role necessarily. Okay. It was just that we loved them and they loved us and they were part of the footy club. You so know? in the way that in the room, one of the rooms that I MC match day, it's run by Jeff, who's actually the accountant yeah. of the club. Oh, yeah. Jeff right. Morgan, yeah. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Morgan, great well, bloke. Even Ripper. like Johnny, the boxing coach, like he was Johnny, always there yeah. and he, we had a great relationship with him. He used to just like flog us during pre-season, but <laughs> like just one of the nicest guys. In, bo- a healthy in boxing, yeah. 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 In boxing. <laughs> yeah, and if you, you accidentally we tickled, tickled him in the, in the chin, he'd, then he'd actually flog you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to slip one high on him. <laughs> so anyway, so we're, we're almost to the end of your um, mm-hmm. four-week traumatic journey. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you arrive at... Thursday, you, you, before training, you find yep. out. Yeah, so I was just doing some exercises in the gym or in the corner of the getting gym. Getting massive. Getting massive. Now more just switching on the body for the uh, for the training. And Bevo, you can see him coming across the gym. <laughs> no one's near me. No one's standing around me. I'm like, oh, no. Everyone, everyone would be watching, though. Yeah, there's like 40 <laughs> blokes in the physio yeah, room just, looking just out the peering window. peering in the window. Just seeing Bevo v You always know. And do you even like, do you, it, like, whatever you say, so you're doing bicep curls, do you then just go, like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing this in I the case just, you go, we're nah. going to drop him? Actually, he's lifting that pretty well. Nah, nah, nah. I just did what, uh, <laughs> what's his name? The Anchorman does? 1001. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you heard Bevo, but I'm over 1,000. <laughs> um, Will Farrell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then he just came up and said, you know, I was really proud of the way you. We're able to sort of keep playing well in VFL um, and then come into the team last week um, in a sort of awkward situation and, yeah, put your best foot forward and play really well and we're, we're playing you again this week. Um, oh. Really enjoy the lead up because um, the next day was captain's run. Ah, sorry. Uh, the Captain's run parade. Captain's run parade and just, yeah, the whole sort of atmosphere and how around did, it. how did you react? Did you just wait for Bevo to turn his back and then go, yes! I played it pretty cool, yeah. I played yeah. it pretty cool. Um, I remember nah, being I was so happy when I found yeah. out. Oh, I was ecstatic. Because, again, Fletcher stood for everything you want in, like, a footballer in the sense that he'd gone back, gone forward, dealt with all of the, all of the shit of football, all of it, and then had played well, you know, in both levels, got the call up and or got the confirmation that he deserved. Yeah. And it was just I think for the whole team, we were all just like, that's so nice. Like it's And how is it for you as a as a teammate then? You're so happy for, for Fletch, but then you've got Jongy on the other side. Are you mm. are you so you do you go yeah. give give like who do you hug first? Oh, uh, well, it's always easy to give good news and bad news. I think the thing with Jongy, it felt like it felt like a, 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 it would have taken a miracle at yeah. that stage. And for him to even get up for that, like, granny, the VFL, VFL grand final. Was, and we yeah. watched, like, from the box and all of us players just like, this is this is crazy. Like, the fact mm. that he's playing is just insane. So he's, Yeah, his injury yeah. was meant to be four or five or six weeks. Yeah, yeah. And then he, he played, played him two. Two and a half weeks later yeah. in the VFL granny. <laughs> so, yeah, and and I mean, both both were horrible. Oh. And, I mean, like, obviously, Mitch Wallace was my best man like, yeah. for my wedding. Mm. Watching he, what he went through was horrible. Yeah. Watching what Bob went through. I mean, there's just you. It, but in that moment, you, you're about to play the biggest game of your life. Yeah, of course. You have no space for things to drag you down, and that's the like mm. the harshest thing ever. So, to when I think back and actually think about it, I would have definitely gravitated towards Fletch because it was like, here's an uplifting moment yeah, that's going to spur us yeah. up for momentum. Yeah. And you can't think beyond the 22 at that stage. Like as harsh as it sounds. There's only going to be 22 of us on the ground on the yeah. on that Saturday. So, so at that and point, I, you became the VFL players are beneath me, <laughs> or or just outside. Like, put your blinkers on. It's probably a better. Yeah, fair enough. Just you know, but it was awesome that the VFL boys, the boys that were playing in the VFL, um, had just won the granny. Yep. and didn't really celebrate much at all. Yeah, um, because they were invested in the whole groups next week to get the trifecta. Yeah, because we'd won the women's. Yeah, won the state. Now we go for the national. Yeah. So I think that was a real positive of the whole group. And I was living with Jongi at the time. 
oh, um, wow. during those weeks. Oh, of course. Um, and yeah, I'd, it wasn't awkward or anything. I think it was just, as Tom said, it's probably looking back, yeah, at times go in your own shell a bit to- and focus on yourself at times. Um, yeah. But I remember, yeah, celebrating with Jongi quite a bit and hopefully he gets to enjoy that success towards the end of this year. Absolutely, he from, will. Yeah. Comes back from his injury and he's ready to go. He's injured now. The good news, uh, Boydie, we talked about is uh, surely that frees him up to be a guest on our pod. Yeah. <laughs> I might wait till he's like, his um, post-surgery hangover is like worn off. He's, he only got surgery last, like what, Thursday? Last Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, yeah. So, and, uh, Tuesday, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine the hamstring surgery are the most painful, but I can't imagine they're nice. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, no I went, surgery I is nice. Last week and he's, yeah. Was he all right? How, yeah, he was all right. Yeah, how's he, he travelled? Right, yeah. Um, that was pretty fresh off surgery. He's grown a great yeah. sense of humour to get through some of oh, the more difficult stages in his life. It's, it's not funny. always a tack that he had, but tell you what, his, follow his Instagram, Linjong46, yeah. I think it yeah, is. Yeah. Go, very go funny. follow him because Funniest man I know. in the most challenging periods of his life, his ability to lean on humour is is truly uh, truly inspiring for me a lot of times. So. We wish him well, obviously, again, getting back. So, All right, we've got, we got only a few minutes left. Uh, we should go to listener mail. Yes. We'll put it open and to we, the... Yep, and we should probably ask Fletch what he thinks about the season ahead at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, hang on. Yeah, we lost to Richmond. Well, yeah. Um, wh- wh- why did it have to be Richmond? Do you, do you, know, do you know how much <laughs> we hate Richmond? Like, ever since the Liberatore Senior Knights yeah. stuff, you know, even to recently, they're stealing Monique Conti and Katie Brennan. Mm. They are my... Like, you know, I'm supposed to hate the Giants the most. I don't. I hate the Tigers the most. Oh. Because at least when the Giants, Giants beat be us, I don't have to deal with any Giants fans who live near me. Giants they fans. all live in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Do they? Is, do they live? <laughs> I think I got a few now, don't they? Nah, nah they're getting they've more. Lived, they've lived long enough. They've got exciting players. They do have a wonderful um, cl- a wonderful group of players out there, that's mm. for sure. Yeah, why Richmond? What what, what happened? Did you, uh, didn't watch, did you watch? Did, uh, you, did watched, you watch much? Watched a bit of it, yeah. Um, not too sure. I keep reading all this stuff in the media and I disagree with a lot of it. Yeah, I um, I well, what, what's What's been misreported? Oh, they're just saying, uh, I think it was... Bulldogs, Bulldogs couldn't handle the pressure when Richmond ramped it up in the second half or something like that. And yeah. I'm just like, eh, I don't think it was necessarily that. What was, was it? I'm not too sure. I think Lynch monstered think? us a bit. He mm. was a big part of it. I think um, generally that every AFL club can't play perfect every week. And yeah. it's always the perfect storm when you lose to teams pretty much. It's like mm. if you're one of the better teams and you lose, well, it's usually because – you know, you lose a couple of the week before, you've come off a couple of frenetic games, then you travel back from Canberra and you played the reigning premiers who need a win. Right. Yeah. And I actually ran and into they, yeah. um, Nick Foston and Dion Prestia that morning and, you know, th- they always have this quiet comfortability about them at Richmond over the last four or five years, which is so something you, ca- you can't buy. Like <laughs> so you, annoying. You can't manifest it just when you want it. It's something that is just built up over time and that's why they're always going to be a threat, at it least until so they much fully better. drop off the edge of the cliff at, yeah. at the end of their, you know, when all their old players retire. Yeah. When's that going to happen? <laughs> I want them to go back to being a punchline. Four line. or five years. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, I nah, think they've got too, sure. too sure about Richmond. But I think, as you said, Tom, you can't play perfect every week. And mm. sometimes a loss can be really powerful in steering the ship going forward. Like that Frio loss. The loss that we had to have. That Frio loss in 2016 in the last round of the year probably – made us more sharp leading yep. into the next month. That's a good point. Yeah. Or the next five weeks. How, are you a Bulldogs supporter, like a heavy Bulldogs supporter? I mean, we all have ambiguous feelings about you know our own careers based on a variety of circumstances. They're never perfect. And, yep. you know, quite clearly mine was <laughs> one of the more intriguing ones, one of the more interesting ones. But it, a 61-game career, whatever it was, when I was you know given a seven-year, $7 million contract, which obviously hasn't left me feeling like I was – you know, absolutely satisfied. But do you have good feelings about the club going forward? Do you, you know, barrack for them? What's what's the general feeling? Because you obviously spent a lot of your youth and formative years there. Yeah, I think uh, I got asked this question the other day and I said, yeah, I'm still a Bulldogs fan. Um, I've got a lot of mates, close mates, that I'll have for a lot of my life still playing for them yep. and playing really well. Um, and it's good to see them have success. Um, and I think when you start playing and lucky enough to play eight years, you begin to hate every other club anyway. <laughs> so, so now I just look at other clubs. I'm like, oh, I still hate you, but nice. you still, yeah, I still like the dogs and yeah. You know, is there what they've been doing? So. Any team you hate the most, or you know, um, like the least? It's every, probably the most. Everyone, nice. everyone, yeah, everyone. Nice. fair enough. There's a few that stand out more in the hate category, but <laughs> go on, boy. Most of them. Oh well, I, no, I don't like watching Melbourne that much, but <laughs> that's because they they. 
yeah, they weren't very nice to me a few times. So you know, oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, but they, it's funny how you remember fine. those little stories. Like, yeah, hate them the most for a couple of those incidents. Some there's as much as you can More put on crap. a suit of armor when you walk on the ground. There's always a few stingers that slip through the cracks. Is this is this uh, trash talk or is this uh, some cheap shots? In oh, the back they of their beat us a couple of times when we'd come off success, and mm. they decided Love that them, they so. were further ahead of themselves than they, you know. Oh, were. a bug. Uh, yeah, I mean, they just had a, they had a lot of guys who are like that. There's a and that's that's part of their you know their way of playing, and that's fine. Their but lack of culture. I don't know. I wouldn't even call that. It's just it's just the people that they they've accumulated, and then the way that they get their aggressive stances to be chatty, and we always let our footy do the talking. And oh, really? So it's just a just a different you know way to get to the top. It's just do we know, not have a good trash talker. Nah, Libba, Libba is probably the one, but we don't, we yeah. don't, we never needed to. Like it wasn't the way. I mean, Bonty doesn't trash talk. We're like he's a saint, and yeah. he's also the best player like I've ever seen. So or yeah. one of. So he just goes like, about getting the job. You know, then. like that's. I think that's what we always relied on. Anyway, is this why Bevo never liked my banners? <laughs> maybe, maybe didn't need the trash talk. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't fit with the brand. Yeah, no, that's um, that's literally what I was told when when I was moved on. Really, yeah. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Didn't fit, we're, oh, the, well. we're the humble club. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, humble when we uh, except when we won. When we won. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, anyway. it, it's all part of it. It's all, all right. It's yeah. Australian industry. Give us the list of mail, mate. Because he's got a couple of questions, and then he's got to actually go earn a living. Like all right. Stuff. So uh, a few of these have been uh, covered already. Um, Johnny wants to know what were your first thoughts you had when the final siren went in the grand final, and what was the most memorable moment in the post-match celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Plenty yeah. of memorable moments. Uh, first thought was because I was like, I think I was defending a lead or something out on like a halfback flank or like near the wing. So it wasn't really near many other players. First thought was, where's the closest player to, to hug? Give a hug to. And who was it? Who was your first one? Uh, it was the defenders. I yeah. can't even remember. I think it was. was it? All, they were all closer to each other, so they were together, and I ran into them. And it was yeah, a big, nice. big group of them. Group of them. Hammer, <laughs> you hugged Moles. Dale Morris. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Hammer, back. Hammer had a couple of good like rolling around the grass yeah. photos. You had a good JJ. one from the prelim, yeah, as well. Um, so yeah, it was just about where the boys are and then how to get there as quick as possible. And is there any moments? Probably from ran the-, the quickest the whole day <laughs> to, get to, to get to the boys <laughs> and actually in the game. Finally, finally put the screw ins on. Finally got above twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then the post match. I don't know. We had a few. Peter Gordon's speech is always quite yeah, memorable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we've mentioned on the pod. But when I say memorable, I mean I can't remember a single thing from it. Yeah, but, but, it but so it's long. still going. It's it was, <laughs> I, it I just remember the only one that stood great. out to me was like, there was $2 million players on the field yeah. and our one was better. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. That's the one I remember. Yeah. And, and then after that, I room, stuck out and started drinking with Dad. So <laughs> everyone in the room cheered and... That's right. Other. That was early on. I think. Uh, Stephen wants to know how often do random people, so strangers, uh, mention the 2016 premiership to him? Being as a defender, like you know, the cameras are on Bonte, on Boydie, on that. You guys are always, you know, underrepresented in unsung media. Unsung heroes. Unsung heroes. Do, do strangers stop you in the street and go, "Hey, um, oh God"? Yeah, some do. Some do. Being like living in the West, I think probably yep. more so than if I was living on the other side of the city or whatever it might be, but. And then whenever like I'm in a conversation about footy and say that I played in 2016 with the Bulldogs, they're like, "Oh, did you play in the granny?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh, that's awesome." So, mm. yeah, it's it funny is, how few people know like yeah. who was in the team. Like I get asked that as well. Yeah. Oh, did you play in the game? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Well, did, bag. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm a doggy. I'm a doggy supporter. Oh, yeah. How good was 2016? Did you play in that game? I'm like, if you're a doggy supporter, you'd know. Yeah, like, no. that's when that sure Boydie pulls out the uh, replica Norm Smith that I made for him. <laughs> 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 it's just drawn on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> which uh, which actually goes into our final question. Uh, a young fan called Danny wants to know, um, uh, how much was Boydie screwed by not winning the Norm Smith? <laughs> a young fan. How old is this young Danny? Uh, he's yeah. uh, 38 and a half. Yeah, Scottish uh, background. Yeah. Where's the beret? <laughs> uh, I'll go the uh, cliche answer. I think yep. everyone played a really valuable role on the day. Um, the best deflection is always to name the like top five players I've found. It's like oh. Bonte played well, Pico played well, JJ mm. played really well, like... Josh yeah. Kennedy played well. Josh, I saw Joel Hamling played Josh, really well as well. Joel Hamling he was right well. up there, I think. Yeah, well, you know, and he yourself. made sure Buddy rolled his ankle, which yeah. helped. <laughs> Josh Kennedy did. No, um, uh, Joel Hamling. Oh, Joel Hamling. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> Josh that was, Kennedy played really well, didn't he? Oh, my 
his first half was the best. I didn't, half I didn't even. Know, how's that? I didn't even know about how well that uh, Josh Kennedy played. Until he had twenty two like and two a at halftime. Yeah, really. <laughs> Someone's like, "Oh, Josh Kennedy was pretty good in that game." I'm like, "Oh, was he?" And then like, <laughs> Thirty eight. Yeah, three goals. I'm like, oh, "Did he?" <laughs> he had twenty two and two at halftime. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, like, really. I'm guessing you two haven't rewatched the match as many times as I have. Yeah, probably. Uh, I was. It was on during Mad Monday, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, on repeat on Mad Monday. Yeah. But didn't you know, watch a single. How much? Single how much <laughs> watching did you do over the fourteen hours we were there, or twelve hours, or whatever? Oh. About a minute or so? Yeah, probably a couple. I think well, I waited until well, my goal came up. <laughs> just watch, watch that on repeat like five times throughout the day. Like, it, here it comes. It. <laughs> um, no, I haven't actually sat down to watch it. I've watched the prelim a couple of times when it replays on Fox. <laughs> Pretty good. Fox footy and stuff. Yeah. My parents love it. Well, there you go. We should do that as a live event at yeah. the end of the season. Yeah, Maybe in the bye week or something like that. That's we'll, a good idea. We'll do a t- ticketed mm. event for that. And uh, we'll get a few of the dogs boys who are retired or end or free. Yes. Which... Hopefully, will be none of them. Definitely, will be none of them. <laughs> It'll have to be old war horses like us. Leave it to the funny guys. Get like Matty Boy down there. He'll, he'll, oh, he'll yes. give us some absolute quality Moles content. As well. Clay yeah. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get all, all the young get fellas. Get Moz down and be like, oh, that's where my back was broken. And I still <laughs> did that Superman answer. So my ankle's broken, yeah. my face. My, yeah. Moz what a man. Got a list of it. What so, a man. Well, um, we got to wrap up. Fletch. Thank you very much for having us at your house and thank you for coming on the pod. And Do you have anything uh, to plug? Should we should we all get down to Port Melbourne and support the boroughs yeah, provide they're not playing Footscray? Yeah, get down and support us when the Bulldogs aren't playing and also uh, give uh, my work a little Google search, yeah, ladder.org.au um, and see some of the work we're doing with AFL players. Is that a yep. registered charity? So if I yep. give if it you, to them, tax deductible? Yep. yep. There if we you go. can yep. support them, Absolutely. please do. They do wonderful work in the community and uh, they really do help out a lot of young people in and around Melbourne. So, yes. And interstate? Anyway? Yeah, and interstate, interstate as well. Yeah. So yeah. very important work that they do and Fletch is a uh, shining light for them. So thanks, Fletch. And uh, thanks, we'll catch you next time on Danny Boyd. Go dogs. Fast way out of footscree Says I'm grinding and improving when I go there Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8 Star Energy Creating energy for the future and power you can count on Follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy What they say there's no fast way